I think the problem you have is there's so many luxury brokers coming into the market that are not luxury brokers, don't dress luxury. And they're just peppering areas like the Palm, like the high end side of downtown, offering silly offers with no credibility and no experience. To be honest, if I'd come here from the UK to Dubai, to work in the luxury market straight away, I don't think I would have been able to do it because I've not had the learning experiences of dealing with the buyers and sellers here. Even if you have that experience in the UK, it is completely different to here, a completely different way of working. Uh, I would say, first of all, the ticket size is obviously a lot more. So as a broker, you need to be um, aware of the type of people that you're dealing with. It's a much higher end client predominantly who might not necessarily be as motivated to sell because it doesn't make a huge difference to their life. Hello. Look into my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you need, come to us. Boys, welcome. Welcome to the luxury podcast of Strada. How are we? All good, mate. All good. Yeah, good. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you don't look too clever. They all just dropped out of bed, but now I'm all good. All right, well, before we get into that doom and gloom, let's start with some intros. Uh, so everyone out there, welcome. We're doing a luxury podcast today. We've got Luke with us. Luke, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I've been here since the beginning of 2020 doing real estate with a mixture of commercial and palm property. Yeah. Um, and yeah, going, going all right so far. Yeah, you came in as a commercial agent with us, didn't you? Did yeah, a lot correct. of... Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of, of different areas, but mainly commercial, and then have now stepped into the luxury sector yeah, on the palm sector. Up. Sector, I can't say. <laughs> uh, and you, what's your name? Lorenzo. Um, second time on the podcast now. Yeah. So uh, been here for I think you've been here a year less than you ever know. Yeah. Came start of twenty twenty one. Yep. Worked with Luke previously. Um, okay. Always been in residential. Did you live together? No, we no. actually didn't. I moved no, into the you, you two lived together. No, I know you lived with me. I remember that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's terrible. Are you? <laughs> yeah. no, you took my old place, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. And so you did downtown, yeah? You were down. But what you've done is started off in the sort of lower end of downtown, yeah? And then moved into luxury sector. Yeah, so mainly the addresses now, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so for me, really what I wanted to get across today is just comparing two very luxury areas, but very different types of areas, yeah? Uh, uh, the, the pros and cons of the areas and, and the benefits of working with you guys. So first of all, um, tell us a little bit about the Palm Luke. Okay, so at the minute my main target is the higher end units. Yep. So uh, the villas on the front, the garden homes, the signature villas. And right. then also um, with that, you also end up coming across a lot of the penthouse stock, whether that is on the Crescents or even got some of more beachfront units at the moment. Yeah, nice. Um, okay, cool. And are you dealing with investors at the moment or are you dealing with end users, a bit of both? A bit of both, to be honest. In terms of investors, it's not like I previously had before. So like I said, a lot of the time with commercial units, they're buying because they want the rental yield. They're looking for like a seven to eight percent net return. Yeah. Whereas um, with say the villas, for example, it's very different. You've got a lot of people that are quite cash heavy, and they okay. want to take one of these older villas. Because let's be honest, like some of these older villas, you you might go see. You love the location, but 
the villa isn't all that so you get a lot of how old is it is that 10 years old right yeah, no, more exactly, 20 years old exactly and to be honest they're, they're not to you get a lot of europeans that live there now and it's yeah. just not how we would expect our homes to be in the uk so you get a lot of people trying to take advantage of that to try and make them more modern because if you think at the minute some of the buildings that are going up just I don't know, to use Ellington for an example, yeah. that level of quality is being delivered in other places, but because these villas are already built, you have to get investors in there to change them up to make them a lot more attractive. But it leaves a gap in the market then, right? For an investor, it's a very oh, different type of investment as well. So yeah, someone's yeah, coming yeah. in and buying a garden home that's standard, that isn't particularly nice on the eye, spending, yeah. what, anywhere from two to five million dirham, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then looking at reselling it. Yeah. Because uh, that's a massive difference, though, doesn't it? The ones that yeah, we've looked yeah. at. You took you, me to one, yeah. Yeah, and me as well. And you look at, I actually took a client on a VM for one of your units that was um, one sold as standard from the developer before, and he couldn't believe it was the same unit that then we went to afterwards that had five or six million in upgrades spent on it. The one that sold for standard is selling for 25 million to 27. The one that's upgraded is 45 to 50, so there's a massive difference in that. So you've got margins in it as yeah. well, yeah? Um, and I would imagine in downtown, different type of investor, no, I suppose they're not gonna be as much investors. We're not gonna be as cash heavy as what they are with, uh, with the Palm, just because the ticket size tends to be smaller. Yeah. You have got your higher end stuff there still with the penthouses, um, Il Primo, 118, these types of units, even the addresses now are touching anywhere from 10 million to, to 20, 25 mil. Oh, Primo, um, you did an Il Primo for what, 18, 19 million? Yeah, I don't want to mention it again because we dropped it in on the last podcast. Oh, we've got to get it in somewhere, <laughs> yeah, mate. It's Come fine. on, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, there are still opportunities for investors who are looking to upgrade units. Um, we w- work quite closely with one investor who does that and has done for the past year. Um, on the lower end stuff predominantly, but there is also uh, opportunity there on the higher end units. And the address now, finally you can upgrade the units as well. Can you? Um, Yeah, I showed you one the other day, didn't I? Don't know if I actually mentioned it. Luke just lied, because he went, oh really? I just showed you one the other day. (laughs) (laughs) That was good acting there. I showed him a unit, I don't know if I said that it was was in Skyview, but it changed everything in there, made the kitchen open plan, changed the flooring, changed the bathrooms. Even though it's done to a good spec as is, the only issue is that the units are all the same. So yeah. when you're coming to sell it, you haven't really got any leverage as a seller compared to if the floor below comes on the market at 10% less, it's yeah. gonna sell first. So now you can make the unit slightly different. Um, so you have got the option there. But yeah, I think there's, a, there's definitely more scope in downtown for the lower end units as well as the high. I feel like you're making the lower end units into more luxury units, right? Yeah. And yeah, then you're definitely. reselling But them. we are seeing a transition from the towers before that were considered like old, mm. with Verge Views, the Lofts, uh, even 8 Boulevard Walk, these types of units that a year or two ago um, were all very basic inside with the finishing. Now you go into a lot of them and they've been upgraded. If you didn't, no, you're in that tower. If someone showed you a photo, you'd think you're in a brand new unit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got to compete with all these new builds, right? Like yeah, the, exactly. the quality of these new buildings is a joke compared to if you see some of them that are eight to ten the, years old. The, the thing is, as well, though, like we in Dubai, we think that a building's old because it's 10, 15 years <laughs> yeah. since handover. In the UK, they're still considered a new build. Yeah. Um, and if they're done by, a, say, Imar, Nikhil, any of the top developers, 
the quality of the actual building is good. Mm. Okay, the finisher might be fairly standard inside, but if you change that, there's no reason why you wouldn't take a lower end unit. Yeah. Yeah, so there's room for investors, and then I would imagine on the larger side, on the penthouses, it's going to be end users, all yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, still, still is a lot of investors, though, because the ROI is high. Go on, you're going to bring it up, aren't you, again? Well, it'll pretty much gone from an end user <laughs> into an investment. Yeah, I spoke that, to the buyer yeah. the other day, yeah, I know. He's, gone into, he's going to resell it now, isn't he? Oh, Looking to resell it. Look at that. Yeah. So he's turned it from a, from a home into an investment. We're seeing that a lot now. We sold uh, a unit back in September for $8 million. The same layout now is transacting at anywhere between 10 to 10 and a half now. So okay. there is, in the space of what, five, four or five months yeah. after transfer, and it's gone up 30%, and they've done nothing to the unit. It's the exact same as before. And I feel like the fact that the Palmer's done uh, an increase in it a huge amount, and I feel like downtown, and especially the luxury side, it's brought a lot of new agents into the market that think they're luxury brokers, mm-hmm. right? I don't know how you lot of guys feel about it. There's a lot of agents in the market calling up uh, clients that I've worked with, and I would imagine sellers yeah. that you're working with, just peppering them with random numbers, random figures, and yeah. un- no education and no real knowledge, right? I would say that that would be a benefit to working with you guys. Yeah, well, I mean, um, you see examples. So, for example, because we need the Form A to get a property listed. Yeah. Um, and these agents will tell um, a seller that they have an offer so that they get a Form A. The offer will fall out and then they still got the Form A and then they'll put the units on. Sneaky. So, because the barrier to entry rep for the, for the role is so low, these are the, the kind of people that you're competing yeah. against. So, when you're working with someone experienced like we are or like some of the guys in the Dubai Hills are, yeah. or Talal, um, it makes a huge difference. We're finding as well from my side at the moment that we're trying to get an offer agreed in the address Skyview and the buyer's solid, we've got the form B done, we've got the check and it must have happened three or four times now, it's happened this morning. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking whether to say something or not, it's going over my head, yeah. will it break him on camera or not? But the, the issue is the buyer, the sellers are agreeing to the price. Brokers are calling them saying that they're going to get. But this is exactly my point, right? Like, yeah. I, I get it. Like, I've worked with the same clients for years and years, and they ask, right, what should we sell it for? We go on, we do the research. Okay, here's the value of it, and they go, well, we've had four calls today offering thirty yeah. percent more than you're saying. And I'm like, it's not realistic. Like, mm. it's just, it's just not going. You're not going to sell anything, right? And you're going to, you're going to list it with everyone. It. I think that's where the difference is between an experienced broker and a non-experienced broker. Exactly. Right? If you're calling a seller and saying I've got you an offer yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing to follow up with okay you might you might get the listing or a pocket listing for a week or two weeks but you're not building the client relationship there and from the seller side we're saying okay if, if you've got an offer we're presenting you a check or yeah. we're getting an yeah. offer letter signed it's, it's a solid buy I feel like as well I don't know if you guys would agree but when you're working with luxury the, the relationship is so important, right? Yeah. I would say the relationship with the seller is 90% of the work because, okay, you can agree a price and whatever, but if you understand it, especially if it's a homeowner, like if, if it's their home, yeah. there's a lot of emotion attached in that, right? Mm. So, you know, if someone is agreeing a price, they're living in it, and then they, someone's peppering them, if you've got that relationship, they trust you, they're yeah. going to listen to you, right? Whereas yeah, if, you ha- if you've just rang them, you've managed to nick a listing, get it yeah. online, then you're peppering them with all sorts of silly offers and it just doesn't work, right? No yes. one's going to listen to it. And I think that, again, going back to the advantage of working with you guys of why you're getting a lot of very good listings on and offline, um, because people trust your judgment. They understand you know the market. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked yesterday about offline listings, just while we're talking about listings, yeah, right? Yeah. 
and you actually surprised me. Do you know how many listings or how many units Luke's got for sale? How many have you got online? The, the, so online there's about 22, 23. I mean, I've got a few two unders, which is boosting me up to 30, but. Okay. Um, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. how, how many do you reckon he's got offline? <coughs> Must be a lot. I've seen your spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, so I keep it all on a spreadsheet. So anyone that you speak to, because a lot of the time sellers don't want to list, they might just be looking for like an ideal price. Mm. And sometimes you do get a buyer that will come along. It's the right buyer for the right property. The unit might be a little bit overpriced, but if it ticks the buyer's boxes, they'll still be interested. So I keep a note of them. And yeah, there's just reams and reams of, of properties. So uh, although you've gone online, you might think there's a lot, they are all- It's all the like, same, isn't it? Repeat. Yeah. If you're speaking to a broker that you trust or that you've been referred, which is where, I mean, over half of our business probably comes from yeah. as well, especially for, for you. Yeah. Um, if you're speaking to a broker that's been referred, you have access to all these listings. Go on, how many is it? It'd be like over 80, for sure, over 80. But that's the difference, isn't it? If you're dealing with a broker who's not been in the market that long, mm. doesn't know the area particularly, and isn't really a specialist, you might call them and they might have one unit to show you or two. But like you're saying, no, you can have someone call you on one list and majority of the time we find that if someone inquires on one unit, they never close on that. Never. Yeah. Because they don't know what they yeah. want. Never. You even had it when you bought your property. Yeah. So you'll find that a lot of people will then go for off-market units. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes back to understanding, talking about buyers now, someone clicks on it to understand the buyer's needs. A lot of the buyers are flying in, right? I would imagine for you, in fact, for both of you, a lot of the buyers from Saudi Arabia, yeah, and definitely, yeah. they're, they're flying in, right? So they, they require a service. It's not a hit and run process where they just speak to you. But a lot of the, the brokers in the city, it's, it's very much hit and run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're lucky, they nick a deal, they make a bit of money and then they, they never yeah. speak to you again. It's just not, it's not the way to do it. And it's, you're never gonna build longevity in the industry yeah. either, right? Um, I think by understanding the client's needs, mortgage cash advising them on what the best process is why it's a good option why it's not and uh, especially as an investor as well right you've got to know your stuff yeah um, any good units we're working with at the moment I divert that to look it'll be it'll be, <laughs> <laughs> well, be, be off market units so obviously we have a, a couple of good ones um, online I mean one that I would highlight online is the villa in Balakis residence that we've got so oh. fully upgraded uh, unit over four floors. Can we put uh, a link somewhere <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. The, to the video? It's possibly the best video I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. It's my favorite video. Um, but yeah, the, the, I mean, the benefit of that one is, is the size of it. It's got 14,000 square foot plot. Yeah. Um, if you want a signature villa with that plot, you're gonna pay a lot more than, than what this is. It's 29 and a half million. Um, and then in terms of off-market listings, that we, we have a couple of garden homes for under 20. You'll see them on Property Finder for under 20, but they're not real listings. They'll be six months old. Yeah. But, I mean, your, your best units are generally offline, right? Yeah. Because yeah. There's no if, if, it's a good deal, yeah. if it's a good deal, you don't need to put it online. You we actually looked the other day, didn't we, online at some of the big brokers that we know in the market, mm-hmm. and none of them have got any listings. No, yeah. No. Yeah, it's, it surprised me. But the majority of people, if you've been in the industry a long time, okay, Property Finder, Bayou, Debizzle, they will help you to a certain extent but it's relationships like you're saying that you're working yeah. off and a lot of people will know once you've sold a few units then those sellers then become buyers again yeah. the the people who have bought the units then become sellers so you're working yeah. off your network of clients it's not just fresh leads far each, easier so. way to work as well isn't it yeah. I think it's a far better way um, do you boys work in a different way to most others would you say 
Uh, I would cer certainly say these days, yeah, for sure. Um, I would say over the past couple of years, it's very much been a um, more of a standardised process. Whereas now, because it, it is in a different sector, you you can't just do what Lorenzo uh, was saying, which is that you list, you get a call, you view. Yeah, it doesn't it yeah. doesn't work like well, you're that. just in the same as every other agent. Though, yeah, aren't you? exactly. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I, I said that, that to you as well yeah. before the start of the year to say. If we're doing the exact same thing, we can't expect different results. So that's what I say. On if we're everyone out there, yeah, yeah, just going on, uh, listing the units, like Luke said, just waiting for a call to come in, isn't necessarily the way to sell the the units. And from the seller's point of view, you're not doing everything that you can do. Okay, of course it helps if you've got a listed premium, yeah, you've got the um, social media campaigns going like we do for units. But it's off your network as well with, with other agents and more importantly buyers. That's the value, right? When If you're a seller, I'm paying you 2% of seller fee, right? Then I want value for my money. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's going out. You you then saying, this is my network. Yes, we're going to put it on the portals. Yes, we're going to do a marketing campaign. Yeah. I would say we have the best marketing team in the industry. So you're going to get amazing videos yeah. as you've both done. You're going to get cool, funky videos that generate a lot of interest. Yeah. But also... I think your network's also the, the, the you ran an open house the other day. We're yeah, now trial and error and different options and different ways to to attack the market, which is working really well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was actually surprised on how well yours went. Yeah. Um, I don't think you've done one yet, have you? We we had we've got one planned, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think working in a different way is a good option for sellers. I think working in different, what am I trying to say here? Well, working in a different way is attractive for sellers to work with you, right? Yeah. That is adding value. God, that was difficult to say. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to work out my head quickly. <laughs> if you're just putting it on the portals and you're trying to charge 2%, you're doing you're a disservice. Like you like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're doing the seller a disservice. If you're yeah. trying to win a unit and then you just put it online and then just wait for your phone to ring, you are, you're not really earning your 2%. You're not doing anything. You earn your 2% you? by going out to get the buyer. Yeah. Whether that's speaking, well, you said recently, He's been following up on, on buyers from like two years ago and you'd be surprised at how much traction and the amount of time as well you'll find that the buyers that you've worked with in the past you might think as a broker that oh actually they'll always come back to me but right. you can't just assume that and a lot of people will unfortunately look at okay there might be units on the market that are cheaper that aren't genuine units but they end up calling through and then they find something else but if you're working with them on a on a close basis and you're saying actually I've got this coming up I've got another yeah. unit then they're going to work with you there's no reason for them not to just adding to the fact that why you're, you're top performing brokers right and why people are working with you you know and I feel like when buyers start calling you even if they do get offered something else I know you get this a lot buyers will call you and ask your advice yeah that shows true value because yeah, they respect you and you, I imagine you would get it as well uh, that shows true uh, expertise but as well if you're giving them genuine advice it's not just that you're saying if the listing's not with you it's with someone else and it's a good deal and they're saying I'm going ahead of that have no issue with that yeah. of course yeah. you want to you want to be closing the deal for your client yeah ultimately but if you're building the relationship over a long term then when it comes to them viewing your units and you're giving them genuine yeah. advice to say don't take this or take this this is a good deal yeah. it's far easier for everyone involved yeah. and plus they're probably going to make i mean every investor at the minute is making money off their purchases right yeah just because of the market so if you give an advice and, and say yeah go ahead buy that unit you might end up selling it in six months' time, and then he's going to lose that money he's just made yeah, to go exactly. back through you. So, exactly. like, even it though you might sense. not see the short-term benefit, because we're here for the long run, it's a lot of people come here, right? They're like, I'll be here for a year, 
meet somebody. And then another yeah, guy. Buy a house uh, back home. Yeah, 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 it's the same thing, isn't it, right? <laughs> but yeah, because you, you've got long-term plans of being here, like you can you can do this, innit? Definitely. It will benefit you too. I completely agree. Um, go on then, what about you? What's a good unit you're working with at the moment? Uh, just taken on a three bedroom now in address fountain views. Okay, um, nice. So vacant on transfer, high floor, full views of Burj Khalifa and the fountains. And from, you know, the LED light show from the Burj. Yeah, yeah. With that side as well, which a lot of people want. So <laughs> for end users, it makes sense because the living space is massive, uh, 2,200 square foot, which for a serviced hotel apartment really? is wow. big. Um, but then from an investor's point of view as well, the, the long-term returns on them alone, you're getting 600, 650K rent. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing it on short term, you're looking anywhere between about eight to 10% net. Really, yeah. Yeah, so it, those sorts of units there are really good to work with, especially now with the address where they're starting to um, loosen up a bit on you've been able to upgrade the units like we said at the start of the podcast changing the furniture to make it your own not just a hotel apartment people used to store the furniture no no i remember people buying in there and putting it in the furniture storage and when they go to sell they have to put it back in yeah but it, it makes sense because if if you're putting it in the hotel pool then it yeah, needs to be a standard to, yeah. so you don't want to just get yeah. rid of it and then have to buy it again but if you're using it as um as your home or well, now people wanted something that's a bit different and it makes sense to spend the money to do the upgrades um, but yeah, yeah right, definitely cool. make a huge difference in the buildings oh, you'll massive. see record sales and then buildings based off upgrades yeah, yeah because if, you could, if you've got the only downside that people have to it is in some ways people love the fact that it's all the same because you can just walk in drop, drop your bags off and then you're done but at the same time if you're spending 10-15 million on an apartment you want it to be your own and if you've got the restaurants in there You've got state-of-the-art gym, yeah, bars, absolutely everything, direct access to the buy mall. If you can make the apartments your own and they're that size and layout, there's no better apartments that you'll yeah. get. In the yeah, they have definitely have the best locations, right? Yeah. Um, okay, cool. All right, boys, cool. Well, um, thank you very much for coming on. It's no good problem. to talk yeah. to you both. Anything <laughs> else you want to add in about the luxury market right now? Let you go, Mr. Luxury. No, no, no. Mr. Ultra Luxury, <laughs> isn't it? Um, no, 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 nothing from my side. No? All right, good stuff. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we have our Instagram handles put down here. Yeah, <laughs> get you more some followers. My TikTok, now I'm a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a TikTok, by the way? No, I'm, I 40,000 views. It's a, da- it's a dangerous app because you just sit there scrolling. Yeah. I had to get rid of it. So I've, I've not actually, I've seen one of them. That Please re download it and follow yeah. me. Yes, and you. have you got it? Have you followed yeah, I've had me? to block you. <laughs> Disgraceful, isn't it? Uh, all right, cool. Thanks, guys. All cheers. Right, cheers, mate. <laughs>